Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, rolling along. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, busy day today. And first and foremost, we're honoring our buddy Chris Berman on his birthday. We will do the green list at the end of this hour today, and we will use your suggestions. So we open with some Bermanisms. And for those of you too young to remember, that's what made Chris Berman a legend and sort of put ESPN on the map. He just had some fun with people's names in a fun way with things like Bert B. Home Bly Levin and Scott Supercalifragilisticexpialibrocious. And so I'm asking you to come up with some current ones. Just tweet them at us. Use the hashtag Greeny. Hembo scrolling through. Give me one or two that you like. Michelle, we, we, we all the way home. (laughs) (laughs) How about, (laughs) that's good. How about Jacob... The grammar school teacher. Okay, that's a little too obvious. That the two grammar school teacher. We actually have a better Degrom one, I think, from someone working in here and radio came up to us. Let me hear it. Jacob, will you go to the Grom with me? <laughs> that is better. <laughs> <laughs> we do a Degrom posal or people, something people like that. People are talking back here. They're loving it. Uh, okay, that's talking. pretty good. I like that one. You got one more? Um, oh, Saquon, you see Barkley? And <laughs> yeah. Lionel, hand me some napkins. These ribs are messy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That one's a tad long. It is. But you get the idea. Use the hashtag Greeny, tweet them at us, and we will pick the ones we like best, and we'll do the list towards the end of the hour. Meanwhile, let me introduce you to my friend, hashtag Nuno. Nuno Teixeira is the producer of this radio program, And he is, when I say he's the most opinionated person on our staff by far, it's not even close, right? He puts together the show notes most days, which is to say he goes out there and he finds all the stories he thinks that I'll find interesting. And he puts them in this Google Doc that we have and I go through them and I pick out. But my favorite thing about it, because I've worked, you know, with this company almost 25 years, that's generally what producers do. Producers will send people like me a variety of stories they find interesting. Mm -hmm. What sets Nuno apart is he always sends them with his opinion. He never just sends the story. He always sends it along by telling me, I would say nine out of ten times, why the people involved are wrong, right? And maybe one out of every ten times he agrees with whatever it is that's being done. Nine out of ten times, these people are idiots, Greeny, and let me express to you why, and here's the story to illustrate it. So that's my man, Nuno. So just, just to give you a little bit of background on who it is that sent me this story. He then sent me the piece about how the Green Bay, uh, no, excuse me, the Cleveland Browns are apparently not interested in Aaron Rodgers. They're very satisfied with their quarterback, Baker Mayfield. They don't want to rock the boat. They're not interested at all in Aaron Rodgers. And he writes to me, Nuno sends this story and he writes, shouldn't they? Would you rather have Rodgers for the next three years or pay Baker for the next five? This is Nuno's way of sending me a story. (laughs) So, Nuno, let me explain to you why you are absolutely wrong and the Browns are absolutely right. Here's why. The Browns know, as many other people do, where Aaron Rodgers is going, and it isn't Cleveland. If the Browns could get Aaron Rodgers, of course they would trade for him. That is not a knock of any kind on Baker Mayfield. To say you're not as good a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers is like suggesting someone isn't rich because they don't have as much money as Jeff Bezos. You can be plenty rich without having started Amazon, right? (laughs) So you can be a plenty good quarterback without being Aaron Rodgers. It is not dismissive of Baker at all. But here's what the Browns know. 
The Browns know he's going to Denver, as do most people in the sport. And so they know they're not getting him. And so the last thing in the world they want to do is to be the team that's out there trying to get Aaron Rodgers, not being able to do so, and now complicating the situation for Baker Mayfield, who I think has demonstrated two things. One, he's good enough. Two, that bravado, that ego, that all that stuff, it's a complicated thing. And for him to be the alpha in that group, for him to be the leader on that team, he needs to get the assurance of the organization. He needs them propping him up. And I'm going to tell you a little story. Gather around. I'm going to tell you about something that happened in 2012. And if you were listening to my radio show, you would know that I saw this one coming. When Peyton Manning left Indianapolis and went on a free agent tour, the New York Jets, because their, their owner Woody Johnson never saw a star he wouldn't go after with absolutely everything he had, pursued Peyton Manning. And, and I went on the radio at the time, and I said, the Jets have absolutely no chance of getting Peyton Manning. There's no way Peyton Manning is coming to play for the Jets for a million different reasons, among them being that at the time Rex Ryan was the coach. Peyton Manning was not going to come play for Rex can you imagine Peyton Manning playing for a coach who all he wants you to do is, is just not turn the ball over and turn it back over to his defense? And I love Rex. And he, he did a great job. This is not a knock. Peyton Manning was not coming here is the point I'm making. And I was yelling and screaming about that. But they couldn't help themselves. So they flaunt their pursuit of Peyton Manning. And then when they don't get him, what do they do? They, had to, they gave Mark Sanchez a $40 million contract extension as in I'm sorry. <laughs> How did that work out? It worked out great for Mark. It did not work out so well for anybody else. And that's the point. You have to be very careful with the way you handle these things. So the Browns, in my opinion, are getting this right, Nuno, not because they shouldn't want Aaron Rodgers, but because they know they're not going to get him, so they're positioning themselves correctly. Nuno, I'll give you the floor. I think they still have to try. Because at the end of the day, what's going to happen? Baker's going, he's going to be upset. You're still going to pay him if it doesn't work out. Or if not, guess what? You can franchise him two more times like, you know, like uh, the Cowboys did with uh, Dak. So you're not losing anything. In fact, I think they have a better case than Denver. Like this West Denver out in, is the West Coast is ridiculous. Like if I'm Rodgers, I want the best situation where I can win. And that would be the Browns versus uh, versus Denver. And if I'm Baker, he already has a ridiculous amount of uh, commercials. If Baker's the um, the QB for the Packers, he's now going to, instead of doing progressive commercials, he'll get all-state commercials. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the beauty of Nuno. He's got a little spunk. He's got a little personality, misguided though he may be. Because here's the reality of it. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. When the story of this chapter in Aaron Rodgers' career is written, someday you're going to find out that his going to Denver was done a long time ago. You know how years later it came out when LeBron and Dwayne Wade got together Mm -hmm. with Miami? It came out that they had decided that years before. I'm telling you that's how this thing is going to play out. He's going to Denver whether any of us think it's the right thing to do or not. I take issue with another part of Nuno's question, though. The question of three years of Rodgers, who's to say he can only do that? What if he goes to a new place and is super energized and they have a chance to win? He's thrown 4,000 fewer passes than Tom Brady. Who's to say, just, just because we, he hosts Jeopardy and we think he likes other stuff, why can't he play until his mid-40s? And, and even that in, in the equation, mm-hmm. 
what we're doing now is we're dealing with the part of this that doesn't matter. That's what I'm trying to tell you is he's not going there. So the smart teams don't sell their souls, if you will, to try and pursue him Mm -hmm. because they know he's not coming. San Francisco had a shot. The Rams, checking in before they got Stafford, had a shot. There were places he wants to go, and Cleveland is not one of them. I'm not telling you I know why. I'm just telling you what's happening. He's not going to Cleveland. And so the Browns, Nuno, here's the problem. It's not that the Browns will then lose Baker Mayfield. Literally, they might lose him figuratively. They need Baker Mayfield to be the leader of that team, and that has been a little bit of a struggle. And they do not need, I'm going to use a, a, this, this word advisedly, it's not the perfect word for it, I don't mean it literally, of course, but they do not need to emasculate him as a leader by, by in any way showing affection for someone who is, who is better than him. They need to prop up Baker Mayfield. They need to be like, we are all in behind this guy. That's what I would do if I were in their shoes. And I think it's going to work. Because you know what? They were damn close last year. Damn close. And I think they have a shot. I really do. I, right now, if you told me Kansas City doesn't win the AFC this year, who does? I would say Cleveland. The, 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 the sort of dark horse on the outside of that, I actually think might be the Chargers, as ridiculous as that sounds. I think they're going to be really good. And then the obvious one is Denver. Because when they do get Aaron Rodgers, I think they do automatically become the biggest threat to Kansas City because they're the only ones who can stare them eye-to-eye quarterback-wise. They have an outstanding defense. They have outstanding weapons. They need exactly the right guy to unlock all of that, and they would have that guy if they get Aaron Rodgers. My name is Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up next, my KOD has now officially become a frighteningly powerful force. I'm terrified by what I am now capable of doing. Wait until you hear who I have taken down now. You will next on ESPN Radio. KJZ. I can certainly see how Aaron Rodgers feels about the way that he's treated the Green Bay Packers. Now, all of a sudden, they want to extend an olive branch to make everything all good. It's like, you know what, man, never mind. The NFL season never ends on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Tubin. Get the latest tomorrow morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, 
H-E-L-P.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're with you live on your TV every day, or at least we stream with you live every day on ESPN+. Plus. Watch that anywhere you get ESPN+. Plus. You hang out with the hashtag crew and me. Plenty of your hashtag greeny tweets coming in today with your Bermanisms. We'll do those coming up, but right now. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. I'm genuinely starting to become afraid of my own power. I really am. This is really, to me, this is frightening. So there was a moment in time this season in which the Los Angeles Dodgers looked like they were not only the best team in baseball, but one of the greatest teams of all time. They started 13-2. and two. They looked like they were a runaway train that would never be stopped on their way potentially to breaking the record for most wins in a season. And then I went on the radio and said this. I was reminded of one of my favorite movies, Heaven Can Wait, in which Warren Beatty, who is an NFL quarterback, dies, is reincarnated as a billionaire, buys the Rams, and makes himself the quarterback. It got me to thinking the Dodgers are so ridiculously good that I could buy that team, mandate that I play every single day, and we would still win the World Series. From the moment I said that forward, they have the worst record in the National League. <laughs> the worst record in the National League. They're 5-15 and 15 since their manager, Dave Roberts, came on ESPN Radio and had to answer a question from Max <laughs> Kellerman about whether or not they could carry Greeny on their roster and still wind up winning. I I don't know what to say, folks, except that I'm now a little bit afraid of my own authority. I have the power now to change everything. Like, this is a brand new paradigm for me here. I've taken some teams down before, but this was an historically great team that I literally (laughs) turned into the worst team in the sport. Hembo, help me. What did I do? Didn't you pick Ohio State to win the national championship? In college basketball. (laughs) Yes, I did. When did they lose? In the first round. The first day. (laughs) They lost on the first day violating my own self-imposed rule of don't pick a team that's playing on the first day. <laughs> that way you don't have to say they lost on the first day, even if they lose in the first round. I picked Ohio State to win the national championship. They lost. Reminiscent of the time that I, I picked Iowa State to win the whole thing, and they lost to Hampton. The Dodgers went 43-17 and 17 last season. They are now 18-17. and 17. Although I, will, I did look up this morning, if, if a team has ever won the World Series, after losing 15 out of 20 games. And it has happened about half a dozen times, most recently the 2016 Cubs. So, so long as you don't continue talking about the Dodgers, potentially not all hope is lost. Well, but I mean, there's no chance of that because I now feel as though I'm invested. Like, I feel as though my, I am playing a role in this. Like, they need to, we need to get this thing done, guys. Like, there's a part of me that feels like I'm on this team. And they're sort of getting used to carrying the weight that is me. That's what the whole conversation was in the first place. Perhaps the only way to remedy this is if they actually make you the manager. I'm not the manager. I want to play. The the manager is not going to be the the premise of this was not. Well, that's an interesting question. If I became the owner of a team Uh and I made myself the coach slash manager, obviously you're better off with me as the coach than you are as a player. Infinitely, yes. Let me ask you this then. Okay. The, the Warriors, the first year they got KD. Let me bring the crew in on this. Let me start with hashtag Nuno. The year KD joined the Warriors, and they were just unstoppable. We talked about this when we brought this up initially. If I played with them, if the starting five was Steph, 
uh, um, Clay, Clay, Draymond, KD, and me, would they still have won the championship? Nuno. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, fair enough. But now let me ask you the corollary. If they had all the same players they had, but I was the coach, would we have won the championship? Yes. I agree. I think that's possible. I think I could have coached that team to a title. You're damn right I could have. Just by rolling out the ball. That's one vote for yes. Uh, Bubba, yes or no, do I win the championship as the coach of that team? Yeah, I'll give you the championship. Okay, he's given me a championship. I'll give you the the chip. So, uh, Hembo, let me then come to you. If I'm the manager of the Dodgers... Do they turn this thing around and do we win the whole thing with me as the skip? My apologies to Dave Roberts, who A, first had to answer that question, and B, <laughs> now I'm firing him, <laughs> even though he won the World Series 20 minutes ago. But if you make me the manager of that team, do we win? I don't think the manager matters at all in baseball. They're not even making most of the decisions. They just, that's my point. If they just give me the computer printout of what the analytics say for today, I can stand on the dugout step and wait for someone to tell me if I'm challenging this call or not <laughs> the same way that he does, and I can go get my picture at the same exact when I'm at, whenever the computer printout tells me I'm doing it. When's the last time you wore baseball pants? What day is today? May the 10th? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. <laughs> I wore them. No, I wore them. I played in those uh, celebrity softball games. Uh, and you wore baseball pants for yes, those games? Yes, I wore the whole uniform. I loved it. I still have it. Uh, do you like that the managers wear uh, the uniforms? In I baseball? don't. I don't, don't understand why they do. Like, it doesn't seem, there's no obvious, unless they might play in the game. Player well, managers used yeah, to be I mean, a thing. Well, obviously, that's where it started, right? Because right? some of the, the managers would play. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that in quite some time. Since the four, yeah, well, since Pete Rose, I guess. Right, but I mean, <laughs> in the event, like that, for all these managers who are not considering going out there and playing, there's really no obvious reason why they're wearing well, cleats. what should they wear instead? Like a suit? A, like Connie Mack? You can wear anything you want. I don't know. Why, they, why do they wear in other sports? In football, they wear whatever they feel like wearing. Wear official team, you know, logo, ge- uh, gear, I whatever like it, it is. I kind of like seeing the beer belly with like the, the uniform. I don't. I, I, I kind of like it. It's nonsensical. It's charming. Why don't they put... I want to see Bill Belichick in shoulder pads. <laughs> why don't they do this in the other sports? Like, they do it in baseball. These guys are dressed in baseball uniforms. They're not going to play. I want to see Stan Van Gundy dressed like a basketball player. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to see Stan Van Gundy in Zion's uniform. That there's no that, that would be just as illogical, right? As as watching the the managers, it doesn't make any more sense. At least they're wearing sleeves, though. Seeing Stan Van Gundy's you know hairy, pale arms would be a bit off putting. You've never seen Stan's arms; they're outstanding. Take my word for it. You're just knocking a man's arms when you haven't even seen them. Let me ask you a question: Who's the oldest manager in baseball right now? I'm, I'm going through the managers in my head. They're all recent players that I'm coming. A lot up of them with are them. recent players. Give me an old manager who's still around. All the older managers seem to be teams are moving towards younger guys. Yeah, Who's are. an old manager right now? Give me an older man. Well, Tony Larusa's in Chicago. Okay, thank you. How could I have forgotten that? Why is Tony Larusa wearing a uniform? <laughs> He's 76 he, years he old. He doesn't even know the rules this what year. Are they, he doesn't even know that a runner on second can be pinch run for. What the hell is he? What are the chances he's going in this game? Like, I, there's just no obvious reason. There's no more logical reason that he should be wearing a uniform than there should be that the people in the stands. Like the people in the stands, if, they, if you bring a glove to a baseball game and you're dressed in the entire uniform and you have cleats on, let's face it. 
You're, right. You're going to struggle with companionship for the remainder of your life. Very much so. If you were managing, would you also wear the protective cup just in case? I do that anyway. I, I do that in my re- To me, you can never be too safe in that regard. <laughs> there are certain precautions that I think are just worth taking in life, and that's one of them. So I'm wearing a protective cup now, and I'm just sitting here hosting a talk show. Uh, all right. So coming up next, we're going to get into your Bermanisms. Last couple of minutes to send those in here. Hashtag Greeny with yours. We'll do the list. Plus a rookie quarterback gave a perfect example of saying something that means nothing. You will hear that coming up after this word from 303 Products. Listen, have you ever pulled up to a stoplight and you see another vehicle sitting there or you're in a parking lot and that car just seems to stand out because of its deep mirror-like paint? It's just spectacular. And you're probably thinking to yourself as you look, you don't have the money or the time to spend to do that to your own vehicle. Well, think again. There's new 303 Graphene Nano Spray, pay, uh, spray Coating which is a revolutionary new product that provides that same level of protection and shine that you get from a professional detail, but can be done yourself in your own garage. You just spray it on, you let it haze, you buff it off. It's simple. You'll have up to a year of paint protection in addition to that jaw-dropping depth and gloss that will have others admiring your ride on its next drive. It helps repel dust and reduces water spotting, too, to keep it looking cleaner between washes. You can also use it on your car's glass, wheels, and trim. It's available right now at Advance Auto Parts and Pep Boys locations nationwide. Or check it out. You can learn more by visiting 303radio.com. I'm Greeny, back in a flash. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. <laughs> Greeny with you, as always, coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Jam-packed we are today. We have got a sensational selection of Bermanisms on Twitter. I am so gratified and so excited to see all of the response that we got. I think you're really going to enjoy these. We'll get to those in a moment. Hambo's put together a little bit of a list as well. But first, I have to get to this. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? So I'm not sure how you spent your weekend. I spent most of mine watching Zach Wilson drills as he was going through rookie <laughs> camp with the New York Jets. 
Zach Wilson, my brand new quarterback, going to wear number two. Number two on his uniform, number one in my heart. Uh, Zach Wilson uh, going through, like, you know, rookie quarterback drills and all of that. And then afterwards, when asked about, you know, his situation there with the team, he said this is the perfect example of saying something that means absolutely nothing. Well, you know, obviously that's important, you know, but that's not my focus right now. My focus is to, to learn the offense, keep getting better every single day, you know, do what I can with the guys around me. Uh, and I think the rest takes care of itself, you know, in, in this position, the coaches want to play the best player and that, that position has got to be earned. You know, I got to go in there and I got to make sure I do what I'm supposed to do. And, uh, you know, that'll take care of itself. I love it. I love it. He's learned everything. He may be from Draper, Utah, but he knows exactly how to handle the questions in New York. Don't answer them. That was exactly 20 seconds of nothing. He says this job has to be earned. Who is the Jets' backup quarterback? <laughs> I ask anyone. I'm as big a Jet fan as you will ever come across. All people do is complain that I talk too much about them. I had to look it up today. We're in our meeting before, our, before get up today, Hembo. You tell me if I'm telling anyone, if, if I'm even remotely untrue. Brandon, you're a huge Jet fan. Who's their backup quarterback? Joe Flacco's no longer there. Who's their backup quarterback? He don't know. Nobody knows. We it is. Did someone give you that in your ear? Did you or just know that? You're saying you knew it. I, 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 I you're, I, you're an honest man, so I'm not going to accuse you of lying. But I feel like someone may have fed that to you, <laughs> one way or the other. It is James Morgan. But the point is that an entire meeting filled with people who work in sports television, meaning the entire crew of Get Up, had to look that up today. None of us just knew it off the top of our head, and one of us was me. <laughs> So that gives you the Zach Wilson is going to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets starting yesterday, tomorrow, the day after, and hopefully for the next 10 years. But that was a perfect example. of It was exactly the right answer, right? He gave us exactly the right answer. So to me, I'm very happy about that. It wasn't the only I'm sorry what. I'm sorry what? I'm sorry what? I'm sorry what? I'm sorry what? We had another one. Uh, Again, I opened the show with this today, but it is. I think worth hearing again. This was Jeff Passan after another no-hitter was thrown in baseball. If you listen to the show, we've been telling you they're going to smash the record for no-hitters in a season. They're already halfway there. The record is eight. We had our fourth one by Wade Miley on Friday, which is usually something that you commemorate with celebration. But our friend um, Jeff Passan was not celebrating when he came on ESPN Radio and said this. Well, no-hitters in and of themselves are incredible events. They're indicative of a problem that's been coming for a long time, which is that strikeouts, generally speaking, have gotten so out of control and batted balls have become so infrequent that you have this perfect storm that's leading to an abundance of no-hitters. When you see an April in which there are 1,092 more strikeouts than hits, more than there's ever been in any month in the history of the game, you know that the pitching-hitting balance is out of whack. So I I agree with every word Jeff is saying, but I am going to continue to adopt the philosophy that I um, embraced during the worst moments of the pandemic in which I said I'm going to choose to be optimistic because it costs the same as being pessimistic, and hopefully it's a lot more fun. And so I'm going to say that, yes, There is an issue right now with this in baseball, but they are addressing it. I see subtle signs that it is being attacked and and that things are going to start to change. And I will say that I will never tire of seeing no-hitters. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to give me a game that has all these strikeouts and everything else and almost no balls hit in play, give me a no-hitter. 
It gives you something to hang on. The, the thing about the sport is that it requires urgency. The thing about, about any sport, it requires urgency. It, it, a sport needs to make you want to watch or feel like you need to watch. But when there's a no-hitter going on, you need to watch. So I'm all for it. I'm all in on it. Now, the other thing we told you about no-hitters is that the record for them was set in 1884. And that had Hembo looking up the names of some of the legendary pitchers of that era. And, and we discovered on Friday that there were a lot of players in baseball who had very strange names in the late 19th century. Don't laugh. We're, we're doing this as adults. We're, we're going to see. Baba, turn the microphone on. Mm. And we're going to see if we can do this as adults. I was accused by some of being childish in my inability to say some of these names without laughing. So we're going to try it again. So if I tell you, so Baba, we're going to all do this together. There was a pitcher back then. This was a man's name. I'm just merely telling you his name. His name was Dick Burns. All right, that was his name. That's not, I can say that with a straight face, right? Bubba, you all right down there? Sure. Okay. DB. Cannonball Titcomb. (laughs) Cannonball Titcomb. That's a name, right? You good with that? Oh, yeah. Johnny Dickshot. Yeah, oh, yeah. The man's name, (laughs) John Oscar Dickshot. Was his name. Now, there's nothing wrong with saying his name. We're just saying his name. So, Hembo said that he has a few others. And in a very mature fashion, mm. we're just going to hear what those are. So, Hembo, let's hear. Dick Pohl. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Pohl was a pitcher in the 1970s. Pitched for the Red Sox and the Mariners. His name was Dick Pohl. May I ask for a spelling on the last name? P O L E. There are no alternate pronunciations. <laughs> uh, Bubba, how are we doing on that one? Uh, pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any more? I have two more. Okay. How about Pickles Dillhofer? <laughs> Do, we like, Do we like Pickles Dillhofer? What? <laughs> uh, a catcher in the 19-teens. His name was William. His friends called him Pickles because his last name started with Dill. That's the backstory. <laughs> and that's all, that's all that was provided. Pickles Dillhofer? Pickles Dillhofer. Okay. Uh, we got Pickles Dillhofer. And my third name for you today is... Well, hold on. What position did you say he played? He was a catcher. That's a shame because I think it would have been great if he had been like in a double play. Like, you know, <laughs> Tinkers to Everest to Chance. If you had had like a great double play combination that involved Dillhofer. Like it would just, it would just, it wouldn't roll off the tongue quite so easily. Dillhofer to Evans to Chance. Dillhofer to Titcomb, perhaps? Yeah, Dillhoffer to Titcomb to Dickshot would be the would be the would be your six four three double play on the 1882 White Stockings. All right, you got one more. Yes, Pete Lacock. No, 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 no. Why, why? Why? Pete Lacock played first base in the 1970s. Yeah, I remember him for the Royals. I remember him. I remember him. I think in the, it, it is in the best interest of all of us that we just move on. I think we just move on. We, we have these great Chris Bermanisms today. I have a touching story I want to tell, and I would like to continue doing the show beyond today. And I fear that anything, any further we go with this conversation might be the end of that. How do you feel about that, Bubba? Yep, time to move on. <laughs> the list is what determines who matters in this business. Green list. Okay, here comes today's green list. Brandon is crying. Our stage manager is crying tears. He is genuinely crying. I, I can see that the tears are, 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 are making your mask wet. <laughs> he's, he's hysterical. Okay, so today is Chris Berman's birthday. A happy 66th to the one and only Chris Boomer Berman. What made Boomer a legend 
and what subsequently, I think, put ESPN on the map were these Bermanisms. If you're not old enough to remember, let me explain. He would just take guys' names, and he would have a little fun with them. Not the, you know, the way we were just doing, but he would have a little good, clean, wholesome fun with people's actual names. So he, there was a pitcher named Bert Blylevin, and he would say, call him Bert B. Home Blylevin. And there was Scott Brocious, and he called him Scott Supercalifragilistic Expialibrocious, and all of those, and it was fun. So he asked you, using the hashtag Greeny, to just give us some current-day boomerisms. And the staff has just put a bunch of them up here. Tell me what you think. So here's an easy one. Trey, only the good die young. All right, that's a good one. Walker, Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. We like that? Yeah. Corey, the old man and the seeger. Patrick Mahomes is where the heart is. John, to the window, to the wall. Bradley, don't stop Beal even. Cody, saved by the Bellinger. That's good. George, Kittle and Bits. <laughs> now, this next one I think may be my favorite. DJ Yo DeLay Mayhew. I, I'm trying to say it the right way. DJ Yo DeLay Mayhew. Because I'm trying to make it sound like Yo DeLay <laughs> And I can't quite get it to come out, but you know what I'm going for. DJ Yo DeLay Mayhew. Ah, never mind. I knew I'd blow that one. Aaron Things That Go Boon. Brandon Finding Nemo. They Call Me LaMelo Yellow Ball. <laughs> Julius, You Can't Randle the Truth. Lewis, my name is Alexander Hamilton. Mom, I caught a huge trout. Blake, man, don't use Snell. The Atlanta Bravehearts, Freddie, they may take away our lives, but they will never take away our Freeman. And finally, Josh, ignore the hater. Now, of those, which do we like the best? And I feel terrible. Can anyone, Bubba, how should I have said the DJ LeMahieu one? I liked it so much, and I practiced I know, it during the break. I can't get it out. That might be the best one, but I don't know how to say it. It's, it's ingenious. It's supposed to sound like Yodi. So it's DJ Yodi LeMahieu. Yodi LeMahieu. Yodi LeMahieu. Yodi LeMahieu. I can't get it. I can't, that might can't, be the best one. It is. The, it's the cleverest one, but I can't get it to work. But that's got to be a tough one. Every time, if you're actually doing a highlight, you got to say that. You can't one. do it. Oof. That's why Boomer never did it. I, I think of all of these. I mean, just the interest of simplicity, and it just kind of jumped off the page of me. I like Julius. You can't Randall the good. truth. That was a good one. Too. I like that. What is your favorite Hambo? I like the more elaborate ones. Freddie, they may take away our lives, but they will not take away our Freeman. I like the ones that are much longer. Yeah. Like that. They, they require a lot of thought and, and, <laughs> and a lot of time. I mean, only the, Trey, only the good die young is very good. Anyway, these are a lot of fun. And we appreciate you sending them to us. They are What's on Your Mind, which is brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. I thought I would um, finish today by telling you my favorite story about Chris Berman. So I told you that the man is a mensch. He, he, he was the first person when it was announced that I was doing the draft. He was literally the first text I got of congratulations and beyond that, but if, of, in, the, in offering advice, you know, and of course he's the guy who made it legendary and, and Trey Wingo took it and, and took it his own direction, was equally brilliant. You couldn't do a better job on it than he did. But Chris Berman, I think, will always be the person that we associate that with, certainly being my age. So it meant a lot to me that he reached out to me, but it did not surprise me. And I will tell you why it did not surprise me. Chris Berman was the first person who made me feel like I really belonged at ESPN. And I will tell you why. I came here. I wasn't here because we're in New York City now. But I came to Bristol, Connecticut at the very end of August of 1996. So I'm coming up rapidly on my 25th anniversary. And at that time, I was dating a woman named Stacy. <laughs> um, 
but we were not engaged yet, much less married. And so she didn't move with me. And it was important to me that 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 move that my this professional opportunity did not cost me this relationship that I was smart enough to have figured out already was going to last me the rest of my life. So as a consequence, I commuted back and forth to Chicago literally every week. And we lived apart for the first year and a half that I was at ESPN, including the first six months of our marriage. But that's neither here nor there. But for almost every single week, I would come back to Chicago to see her. My days off in those days were Wednesday and Thursday. So I would fly back on a Wednesday morning, and I'd spend Wednesday and Thursday with her. I'd get up early Friday, and I'd fly back. And in those days, I wasn't making very much money. And uh, it was much cheaper to fly out of Providence Airport than it was out of Hartford Airport. So I would drive to Providence, which was a little longer drive, and I would fly from there and drive back and drive, whatever. So it was a lot of schlepping. And it was... It was just a difficult and complicated time in my life. I started out at ESPN News, which was a pretty low-profile endeavor, certainly by ESPN standards. And I had left behind a pretty good situation and this relationship in Chicago. And so I, I, I often, I will acknowledge now, I often wondered whether I had made the right or the wrong decision, whether I had merely made the wrong turn in my life, whether I should just give up ESPN, try and go back to Chicago and work there. So one particular day, this was probably four or five months into my tenure at ESPN. I hadn't just started. I'd been here a while. My flight coming back from Providence was delayed. So I didn't have time to go to my apartment when I landed. I had to come right into ESPN to work. So I come into ESPN. At that time, we didn't have showers. We didn't have the, the gym that we have now. So I literally am in the bathroom, the men's room at ESPN, getting ready to do a, a very late night shift on ESPN News. And I just, in the sink, I'm trying to just run water through my hair and shave because I want to make myself look as presentable as I can to go on TV because I had no opportunity to do that. I had just gotten up, gone to the airport, and and then, you know, been traveling for like 12 hours is how long it wound up taking. So now I'm in the men's room at ESPN, the old building in Bristol, and I'm not wearing a shirt. I'm standing there with no shirt on because I'm trying to make myself presentable, and in walks Chris Berman. And I'm thinking, well, this is a hell of a way for me to meet the most legendary person at ESPN. I had never met him. I had never met him. And he comes walking in. And I'm thinking, I'm standing there. I'm not wearing a shirt. I'm trying to shave. I mean, I, I could not have felt more awful about myself than I felt in that moment. And he looks at me and he says, how you doing, Greeny? To which I almost fell down, almost fell down. I, I couldn't believe he knew who I was. So I said to him, well, to be honest with you, Chris, I didn't feel comfortable calling him Boomer, and I didn't think Mr. Berman would be the right move. <laughs> so I went with Chris. I said, well, to be honest, Chris, I've just had a really long day. I've been traveling all day long to get back here from Chicago, so that's why I'm sort of getting washed up in here. And he just looked at me, and he nodded, and he said, well, welcome home. And in that moment, As much as it might sound like an exaggeration, my mindset changed. And I realized that for the first, whatever it was, four, five, six months that I'd been working, I felt as though I had left home to start this job, but home was still somewhere far away. And there was something about Chris Berman saying that to me, that it clicked in my head, no, this is home now. This is where I'm going to make this thing work. And... More than anything, that made me feel like I belonged at ESPN, which I will be completely honest, and this is not the first time I've told this story, 
but I was significantly questioning at the time. So, you know, you would have to be someone of Chris Berman's stature, I think, to make you feel that way. And you would have to be someone who is the kind of person he is to actually say it. So I have expressed that to him on numerous occasions. So if he does hear about this, which I guarantee you he's not listening right now, he's probably riding a wave in Maui or something like that. He's got better things to do than listen to me drone on incessantly about baseball pitchers from the 1880s. Um, But he knows how I feel about him. So a very happy birthday, Boomer. Thank you for everything you have done for me back then and now and every day in between. He is 66 years old today. So that is my story um, of how things worked out. Uh, too much to your and, and you know, uh, we can finish it up on that note. So my friend, Mr. Hashtag Bubba over there. What do you think of that story? Yeah, it's a uh, classic Berman. I like it. <laughs> and, you know, that's what happens when you finish a story with like 40 seconds to spare and you're not exactly sure where to go. My favorite bathroom story of yours at ESPN involves Mark Schlereth. You should tell that sometime. That's a story. very different bathroom yeah. story. Yeah, that, <laughs> that goes that, the other way. That, that, <laughs> That was one that made me question whether I belonged here, to be completely honest with you. Even even many years later, I certainly wondered whether it made sense or not. Anyway, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for all these fun Bermanisms. They made the day, absolutely. They, they made us all here smile. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Enjoy all of the sports. And we'll see you back here, same time, same place, tomorrow, back in Better Than Ever, for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.